Vienna. Strange and unusual stories from history, literature, myths, and legends. Hi, this is Bob Familiar. And this is Jim Bilbro. So welcome to Ambient Arcana. In this episode, Jim and I are going to talk about the first two episodes where we covered stories from Pu Song Ling, Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio. Yeah, this was, a, I, I think, a good author to start off with because, you know, basically we're looking for something which is poetic, uh, yet strange, something which is evocative and that you can put music to, which, which I think Pusanling actually lends itself to very, very well. You know, there's certainly issues with the translations. We used primarily the John Minford translation, uh, which was available in the Penguin Classic version. But we also did one story with the Herbert Giles translation, which has older and current phonetic pronunciation of some of the Chinese words. And that was the, uh, the one story, The Magical Arts, read by Mike Horan. Uh, we did also, actually, I think the dead priest was also, I think, was from Herbert Giles, but there wasn't too many tricky words in that one. But yeah, the, uh, the older, older version is, is a bit suspect as far as that goes. Both versions have their merits. Minford stuff, of course, is, uh, as I said in the sort of like the introduction to uh, Pusan Ling's life, has um, sort of been informed by recent Chinese scholarship. So he's, he's someone who kind of looks at what is current and uh, lets that sort of inform his translation. But uh, Herbert Giles, of course, he's swinging in the wind there. You know, it's back in the 1890s or something like that. And uh, he was one of the few people who could actually, in, in the Western world, I should say, could read uh, Pusan Ling and um, did his best to sanitize the, the story, you know, take out all the sex and things of that nature. He left all the violence, though. He did leave all the violence, yes. You know, people getting their heads chopped off and, you know, demons coming and, uh, you know, making people have a, a bad night and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was uh, a good good uh, author to start with. I guess we did so many stories that uh, it'd be kind of hard to talk about each one individually, but um, two of them I wanted to talk about would be Magical Arts, which is the one that was the Herbert Giles translation, and uh, The Girl in Green, which uh, uh, unfortunately I forgot the last sentences uh, uh, of that story, but we did record them. Uh, we just uh, we, we kind of liked the way it sounded without them as far as the, uh, where it ended with the music, and you know, this, this podcast isn't necessarily a literary podcast. It's kind of hard to define what we're doing, I guess. Well, I, when you brought the idea to me, Jim, I was found it very inspiring as, because I, I, I compose primarily ambient music with electronic instruments. And, you know, I do that being inspired by the stories that are just in my own head. It might be something that I have recently read or a, a movie or two that I've watched. or And so then that's my muse and I go and I record. And then you said, well, what, maybe we can put music to these stories. And what was interesting is, you know, you recorded the very first story, and then I went into my catalog. So the first approach was, let me just go in the catalog and see if something fits, you know, because oh, yeah. <laughs> our choice was, you know, well, I could sit here and compose something directly to the story, but maybe I just have something that will work. And of course, dragged like the first track in, and the lengthwise, it fit perfectly, and it worked. And, and that was the giant turtle, right? So it's like, wow. 
well, this is easy. I, this is sort of like, oh, I could just hit the easy button on this one, you know, just keep recording stories. I drag uh, pieces out of my catalog and drop it in. Of course, it got more complex after that. But what was cool is that you had this story, but this sort of ambient bed of ethereal uh, uh, timbres that, that, you know, the goal obviously is to bring the listener to, to another place, to bring them to somewhere that's sort of between reality and a dream world right somewhere in between it's it's murky it's misty it's you know and you're you just hear this voice telling you a story and then the music hopefully you begin to visualize what's going on and so that that was uh, uh the idea and uh, i like the two stories you chose because you know in one case uh, the girl in green I had composed a piece of music previously, and I and that's a longer story, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a tough one. And I dropped this piece of music over, and it was like, my God, the length is like nearly perfect. In fact, all I had to do was edit a couple of parts in the talk track to just stretch it out a little bit, add a little more space, and then all of a sudden, the whole story fit in the music perfectly, even as the musical phrases ended and the next part of the story began. It's like everything lined up. It's just weird how that stuff happens. Yeah, that happened a couple of times, actually. Like, uh, there was the girl in green and then, uh, oh, geez, what was the other one? Oh, Biting Ghost. Biting uh, Ghost. Uh, yes. Uh, where we recorded that almost as a live session, which which uh, is, is a tricky, uh, tricky thing, but basically there was a point in the story where I paused and the music paused as well and it was just sort of synchronicity and it just, it was a beautiful kind of moment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But then magical arts, on the other hand, this is where, you know, at some point I knew it was going to happen. We stepped over a line. Yeah, right? Right. So <laughs> we stepped over a line into, okay, if I'm really going to make this, the music work with this piece, I really have to, in essence, compose a soundtrack. Now, this is a part just for myself. This is a stretch, all right? So this is now pushing me into into new territory, which I love. I love being challenged. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the more we do this, it's one of those things I hope I get better at it when we get to future episodes it'll be you know you'll see hopefully you'll see growth <laughs> but but it was it was challenging to take uh, music and now actually think about okay I'm gonna have to achieve you know this emotion or this mood at this part because uh, that story in particular changes dramatically it in does, what's going yeah. on and yeah. there's a lot of action and all of a sudden you're you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to you know trying to find my inner Hans Zimmer you know and and uh, <laughs> Uh, and so it's uh, it's it was just an awesome challenge. Yeah, for you and me both. I mean, we did record it. Uh, actually, re I recorded uh, the narrative three times. One was was just well over the top as far as acting goes, and that, that was kind of like I uh, wasn't terribly comfortable with that. Then I tried um, a very quiet approach, like I do with the rest of the stories, because it, uh, many of the Pusanling stories do kind of lend themselves to that kind of quiet narrative and kind of you know dreamy and kind of like pull the person into sort of an intimate space, but it still wasn't quite working, you know, because the story itself is sort of like a wuxia kind of Chinese martial arts kind of tale, and it's, it's a standout in Pusan Ling stories because of that, and really it, it needed a, an actor, so that's why we kind of tapped our good friend Mike Horan for that. Uh, Mike's been an actor for, you know, ever since we knew him. In fact, we used to act together back in high school, and, and before that, I think we did... Uh, we did post-apocalyptic uh, films uh, called The Hunter and uh, Johnny Summer at Grandma's House, both of which were cinema classics, which uh, unfortunately have been lost to time. Coming out on Netflix, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> Those guys are star for content. <laughs> they, they're really desperate. <laughs> 
So, uh, so we, we tapped Mike, and uh, at first he seemed somewhat reluctant, but then he, he kind of really got into it. He, he did a wonderful job, and then at the same time, I was doing my parallel uh, narrative version. We compared notes, and we decided to go with Mike's, and uh, it was just a wonderful learning process. Um, and, uh, it, you know, the pronunciation uh, all throughout the Pusanling stories has been kind of suspect. Um, I do look at pronunciations. I am kind of interested in, in, in the Chinese language, but uh, I am far away from being uh, facile in, in, in speaking Chinese, or Mandarin, I should say. And um, so we went, as we did our, our best. And uh, in the show notes, I'll, I'll put in Chinese language tutorial, YouTube pages, some suggestions for you know podcasts such as The Water Margin, which is by John Zhu, uh, Z-H-U, uh, who He's a podcaster from, I think he's from North Carolina, South Carolina. He also did a thing for uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And uh, his, his sense of humor is just killer. I mean, he's just dry as a bone. But uh, you're listening to it and you're getting, you know, uh, a wonderful tale told by a, a great storyteller. So, and then the Girl in Green is just, it basically kind of uh, matched up very well with the music. It was a beautiful story. It was the last one we did in sort of a live session. And uh, unfortunately, when we were doing live sessions, sometimes you kind of skip things, and that's where I skipped the last two sentences, uh, which is basically, you know, after the girl, or after the hornet says thank you uh, uh, by rubbing ink all over its body and then writing it on this table, she flies out the window and he never sees the girl in green again. So it's a, a sad story, but it just it, the way we ended it seems so perfect that we're probably going to keep it. We did record the, uh, the, the, the sentence just a few minutes ago, but listening back, it just, uh, the way it ends now has kind of, uh, I think it, it does a better service for the story. Now, I've mentioned Wuxia. Wuxia, um, W-U-X-I-A, if you want to look it up on Wikipedia, is this genre which really kind of, it's, it's been sort of a traditional genre in, in Chinese literature for a long time. But only in the 20th century was it like it became an official genre. In other words, they had warrior heroes, itinerant heroes who kind of, you know, travel the land like uh, Kwai Chang Kane, you know, not, not to make a, a yellow face kind of reference there like uh, Kwai Chang was, but um, basically they, they'd write wrongs and, and, uh, and sort of like kick ass and, you know, uh, chop people up with swords and stuff like that. Uh, and that sort of crystallized, I guess you can say, in the Qing Dynasty, particularly in the end of the Qing Dynasty where you started to have um, women warrior heroes, such as you find in uh, The Water Margin, and, uh, and I guess Mulan, I really haven't read Mulan, but I have to look into that, but uh, that, that, that trope, if you can call it a trope, started around that time. Uh, but, you know, prior to that, certainly they, they, there were, you know, martial heroes throughout Chinese literature, which is a long, long history of literature, so still exploring that stuff, don't know, you know, couldn't, pretend to be an expert in any of that stuff but it just fascinates me i love the mood that it creates you know yeah. these stories are um you know i've always been a fan of outer limits and twilight zone <laughs> and you know all, just this the stranger the story the better you know you know whether and so you know even even from um you you then you know as we got into this you said bob we're gonna need a theme song you know? so that's <laughs> I, I drew upon that again. I think you know our theme song has got the ticking clock, you know. It's it's got the uh, um, the very dreamy um, uh, uh, chord progression. So I mean, it's again just pulling on those those threads of, uh, of of things that have always interested you and I, and 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 hopefully you know the listener you know um, get some joy out of that. That you know when you hear that theme song, 
and you're brought into Ambient Arcana, and then these the stories, you know, play out. And in, in this case, in the first two episodes, there's a lot of demons and ghosts and you know oddities, and uh, and and hopefully the music just just uh, en- enhances that listening experience. Yeah, it's it's funny when you uh, when I read East uh, Asian literature, East Asian myths and legends and things like that. It's just so different from what we have here. I mean, there's certainly similarities. Um, you've got mischievous spirits, you've got ghosts, and uh, but they just take such a different form. Insects have this weird kind of supernatural aspect to them. Uh, and like, say, if you read, say, um, what's the name of it, uh, Journey to the West. There's trees and, and, and I- again, insects and animals and stuff like that. You'd seek uh, cultivation, which I guess is against nature. You know, again, I'm not an expert in this stuff. We're just guys making music and, and telling stories. And uh, these things um, become these, these supernatural, demonic, you know, superpowered kind of beings. And uh, there's usually, and, and, and this always escapes me, there's usually like a moral behind each of these bizarro stories. And uh, hopefully somebody out there can tell us what that moral is, because, man, it really escapes us after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's moral, there's... But it's also, it's interesting, some of these, sometimes these spirits are gentle. And, yeah. and you know, they're not dangerous, and it's not like the, everything's a zombie you no, know, film. Know. It's like they're just... There's this other world that people can travel into, and these beings are there, and they can interact with them. In some cases... It, it, it may be dangerous or they're simply trying to tell them a message or you know they're they're interacting with them as if they're just they're just part of that world yeah and uh, and then you know obviously you're you know through that they're cultivating, cultivating you know their own spiritual, spiritual beliefs I, I suppose through these through these stories well yeah and a lot of it is um, tradition like there's uh, I was trying to you know do some research before we, we, we had this conversation so I could sound like I knew what I was talking about. Didn't really work out. But anyhow, I was looking at uh, I was looking at Wikipedia and, and other sources. And I'll tell you, a great source is if you can find an academic paper, um, then you can get the, sort of the real skinny on a lot of the stuff. But, you know, in, in, uh, in some of these sources, it's you can divide a ghost um, into various and sundry categories according to what sort of life they led. And a lot of times, you know, like someone is avaricious, they might be a... Uh, this is not canon, but um, they might be a servant as a, as a spirit. So, you know, there's like a, almost a comeuppance as far as like when they, they, you know, when they die and when they come back uh, for whatever reason. And with uh, Pusan Ling, he's, he definitely seems to concentrate on fox spirits and, and ghosts that entice typically young scholars. Again, which is why uh, magical arts kind of stu- uh, you know, stuck out because uh, Gong Yu was or Yukon was, was basically um, a martial artist where he wasn't a scholar, he wasn't a magistrate. But um, these scholars and magistrates, they, they often have like a beautiful woman come and these, these spirits will suck their life uh, out of them. Even if they don't mean to, they, they can be harmful. And there's one story, it's rather a long story, so I don't know if we're going to be telling it, but um, a woman, is she died as a young woman, she was like 18 or something like that, and she, she falls in love with this scholar, I think. And he gives himself to her as much as he can so that she can be reborn. So in other words, he gives enough of his life force that the body that she left behind becomes revitalized and becomes a a true living woman once again. So there was this 
dark period in her life where she was a ghost. And then because of his sacrifice, and he doesn't sacrifice himself to the point of, well, he does to the point of death, but he doesn't die, that she becomes reborn. It's kind of a beautiful story. Um, and and that's, that's a constant sort of theme is these, these beautiful women who uh, will suck the life out of a scholar, you know, sometimes with, with dire uh, results and sometimes not. Like with the girl in green, he did, the scholar doesn't die. You know, he, that was the love of his life and turned out to be a bee. In uh, future stories, we're not going to, it's not going to strictly be certainly Asian literature. We're, we're going to be doing, uh, uh, my older brother read some Edgar Allan Poe, did a very good job, and I think that's probably going to be what follows, is that what follows, Busan Ling? Or? Yes. And then uh, I started to read uh, some Robert W. Chambers, uh, so that, that would follow, I think, the Poe stuff. And then I was, you know, uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, you know, there's some look of Cadio Hearns. Uh, he did uh, Quaidon. Uh, definitely some stories from that. I uh, might want to do some Thousand and One Nights. Um, and, you know, various and under... Yeah, again, you know, Pusan Ling was a great thing to start with because it just had that, that poetic aspect to it. Very lyrical, and that's kind of, I think, where we're going. As we do evolve, uh, we can, we'll be bringing in other musicians as well to contribute uh, to, the, uh, to the soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, and, and certainly other readers, too. It's, it's basically a, a kind of something I've wanted to do for a long time. Bob and I both know a lot of artists, a lot of musicians, a lot of actors, and um, most of these people haven't made a living doing any of that stuff, but have continued performing or you know, doing it on their own or whatever it might be. So it, as much as we can pull people in, you know, I think that's, it just enhances the experience. Okay, so uh, signing off, uh, this is Jim. And this is Bob. And this has been Ambient Arcana. Ambient Arcana.